Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Let's Talk About Jesus.
the long procession wound its way in and out of the streets of Ephesus. The sidelines were filled with spectators, worshippers of the great goddess Diana. The sacred images of the goddess were being carried from the theater to the temple, which was located outside the city. Through the magnificent Magnesian Gate, the cavalcade pressed and continued its march on the 35-foot-wide road, paved with fine marble. This sacred road led around the mountain for about a mile until it reached the magnificent temple proper. This was the month of Artemision and was dedicated to the great goddess Diana, who was also called Artemis. It was the month when the greatest of all religious festivals was held, as well as athletic, dramatic, and musical contests. The procession led to the temple and the worship was conducted. It was patterned after a colony of bees. The goddess Diana was the queen. The priests were the drones and the priestess were the worker bees. Corruption and immorality were the keynotes of the worship of Diana. In the meantime, the Apostle Paul was preaching to the Ephesians, pointing many to Christ, so that the word of God grew in Ephesus. Consequently, the converts turned away from idol worship and would have nothing to do with the corrupt worship of Diana. No wonder Demetrius the silversmith made such a fuss. He had an eye for business, and with more and more people becoming believers, he was selling fewer images of the goddess. Except for the accounts given in Acts and Ephesians, very little was known about Ephesus and his great temple, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It wasn't until about 144 years ago that archaeology showed us how extensive and wealthy the worship of Diana really was. It was the English archaeologist J.T. Wood who found the inscription telling of the procession through the Magnesian Gate. He and his men traced the wall of Ephesus until they found the gate and the sacred marble road which they followed for a mile. Then on December 31, 1869, the day his funds ran out, Mr. Wood, while suffering from fever, found the temple itself. Over a period of five years, Wood uncovered sculpted columns and massive blocks in white and blue and red and yellow marble. He found six sculptured drums from the columns that were 20 feet around, six feet high, with eight life-size figures sculpted on them. Instead of mortar, gold was used between the joints of the marble clocks. A temple 160 feet wide and 340 feet long was also uncovered. Heron lies just a, a tiny picture of wealth, beauty, high civilization, and corruption of the first century Ephesians. Paul refers to the Christians in Ephesians 2-3 as having walked in times past in the lust of the flesh, but now as believers in Christ they were made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What changed things for the Ephesian Christians and made them willing, willingly to leave the splendor of the worship of Diana for the simplicity of Christianity? The same thing that can change your life and make the things of this world unimportant to you, the wonderful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved them and made them new creations in Him. 
Listen now as Joy Hoover sings this beautiful song entitled Christ in You. Man is but dust Tossed in the wind A sculpture misshapen Tarnished by sin Found by a law That brought forth death What hope can be found for A world without breath Christ in you Eternal hope of glory to join the morning, which is presented each Sunday at this same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. 
Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us this beautiful song entitled Standing on the Promises. In these days of high finance, we hear amounts like billions, even trillions of dollars mentioned quite casually by our government leaders. Let's share some fun facts about billions. Do you know how much a billion dollars is? It is 1,000 million. If you had a billion single dollar bills and desired to count them, it would require over 30 years to do it, counting at the rate of one a second for 24 hours each day. If a generous billionaire wishes to give away $10,000 each day, he would have to live more than 273 years to use up his entire fortune. If you place $40 worth of groceries into a supermarket cart, every minute of 
47 and a half years, the total at the checkout would be a billion dollars. If someone offered an entire billion dollars in exchange for salvation, it would be refused, as was Simon the Sorcerer's proposition in the book of Acts. When Simon saw that through the laying on the apostles' hand the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power, that on whosoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. But what billions cannot do, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can do because eternal life is the gift of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then too, let us not forget that if we count all the people who have died since Adam, you would not find anyone who took any money with him when he left this life. Our salvation has been purchased with something far greater than mere money. The Son of God died for us and shed His blood for us. Listen now as John Harris with Jesse Nagel on the flute sing this beautiful song entitled Crimson River.
Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the days of Noah. Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, then verse 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And knew not, until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The days of Noah versus the coming of the Son of Man. And again, I would encourage you to read Matthew 24, verses 37 down to verse 42. There is a parallel between the coming of the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the days of Noah. The days of Noah before the flood, we know that there was evil throughout the world. Read Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. They were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage to the day that Noah entered the ark. Who were the they? That they were the unsaved, the ungodly. Who entered the ark? Who was saved through the judgment of water was all around them? Noah, his wife, their sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, a total of eight. Genesis chapter 7, verse 13. The selfsame day entered Noah, and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, and the sons of Noah, and Noah's wives, the three wives of his sons, with them into the ark. 2 Peter 2.5 also is a cross-reference. So draw a square or a rectangle to represent the ark. On the inside of your square or rectangle, write down the names in the ark or put the number 8 on the, on the inside of the ark. Outside the ark, write the word they. They are the ungodly because they are outside the ark. They were the unsaved. The floodwaters came. Who was taken away? Who was saved or preserved through the flood? The ungodly, the unsaved who were on the outside of the ark, they perished. They were taken away in judgment. Noah and his family, the eight, were saved because they were not taken away and they were inside the ark. Matthew 24, verse 39, So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now draw two individuals to represent the two in the field in verse 40 and the ones and the two working at the mill in verse 41. In both cases, one was taken and one was left. Questions. Who was taken who was left? For some, this might sound like the rapture of 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. But clearly, Matthew 24, verses 40 and 41 is not a reference to the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. Two are in the field. Two are working. One taken, one left behind. Remember, the parallel between the days of Noah and the coming of the Son of Man shall be. At the coming of the Son of Man, the second coming, those who were taken are the unsaved. They're taken in judgment. They're taken to hell. 
those who are left behind are saved and they're left behind to enter into the millennial kingdom. This is the exact opposite of the rapture. At the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ, the saver taken to heaven to receive their glorified bodies, and the unsaved are left behind to enter into the tribulation period. The following is a quote from a leading fundamentalist from many years ago. He said these words, We have often been asked, Why do you preach so much about the second coming? And our answer is simple, because the Bible we preach is so full of it. We would like to ask many a preacher, why don't you preach more often on this blessed truth found on almost every page of the blessed book? But in his book, we don't have time to analyze all the verses, but in his book he constantly and routinely mixes up the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ, the rapture, and the second coming. He uses those terms interchangeably. I would have liked to ask him or anyone, why don't you rightly divide the word of truth? Maybe you're thinking I'm just too finicky, too particular, too fussy, because I'm making, and there is a distinction. I'm not making it. The word of God makes a distinction between the coming of the church, of of Christ for the church, the body of Christ, the rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4, the dead in Christ, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then you have the second coming. The second coming is Christ coming back to this earth. Zechariah 14, he's going to stand on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives is going to split in half. There's a difference. My answer would be to that is we need to be biblically correct. Matthew 24, the days of Noah, the coming of the Son of Man, not the coming of the head of the church, the body of Christ, not the coming of our Lord. The coming of the Son of Man is not a reference to the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ. It is a reference to the second coming of Lord Jesus Christ back to earth. Please read Matthew 24, those verses of Scripture. Look at what is being said. Look at who is taken and who is left behind. And why are they left behind? Because those people are saved to go into the kingdom. And clearly, Matthew 24 and 1 Thessalonians 4 and other verses of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, we know that the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ, was a mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall all sleep, but we all shall be changed. It was a secret, never revealed until it was revealed through the Apostle Paul. It begins with salvation. Romans chapter 3 verse 24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? If you've never trusted Him, you need to trust Him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late. And for believers, keep studying God's Word. We need to rightly divide God's Word, and we need to be biblically, biblically correct on what we believe and what we teach. listening to join the morning from the Altoona Bible Church. 
we trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my king.